5AA Mornings with Matthew Pantelis. Twenty-seven minutes to twelve. Let's talk some gardening as part of State of Our State. It's a regular Monday segment at this time. And uh, in the studio with me from uh, Green Adelaide, we have Christy Spear, the Adaptive, there we are, Communities Coordinator, and Nat Giftney from uh, Project Support as part of Green Adelaide. Ladies, good morning to you. Welcome along. Good morning. How are you going? Tell me a little bit about Green Adelaide. What's the purpose? So Green Adelaide is uh, a statutory um, board and we're focused on investing in lots of amazing activities around Adelaide, educating about nature, enabling partnerships with local government and mm. a lot of agencies and delivering on-ground iconic projects like Breakout Creek and Field River and a few other conservation projects um, around town that people might be aware of. Okay, and and so what do you do with them? Is it about uh, improving the quality? Is it what's the, the focus? Definitely. So yeah. some of those areas, it's um, it's definitely about conserving what was already there, um, and some other places like Field River is really re revegetating and bringing it back um, okay. to some of its former former glory in those bigger projects but also in some smaller projects with councils and in their parklands and also in people's backyards as well there's a whole range of things that people can do to improve the landscape yeah one of one of those i'm sure is trees and we hear a lot about the canopy for instance and getting getting that canopy back in adelaide uh are we how far away are we from achieving that sort of or at least something that's acceptable today yeah, well, it's a, yeah, it's it's an ongoing mm. challenge for all of us because urban sprawl is um, is continuing in a lot of different type of development. Um, but there's some excellent work being done by state government and local government, and yep. at the moment we're actually working together on an urban greening strategy, and that is looking at all the different levels working together to increase um, canopy cover. And we've got some awesome data now that helps to map where the canopy loss is happening and where our hot spot spots. Are, okay. So we can, we can all come together and put the money and the trees and the landscaping in, yep. the, in the right places um, to support not only the landscapes, but also the people that live there as well in those places. There's some really hot spots around Adelaide that yeah. we need to focus on for people's health. All right. Let's let's get a little bit uh, more intense in terms of plants. And, and that, as we know, we, we flick the calendar over to March and it says autumn, so we're in the season. What a some of the plants that people should choose for their backyard, perhaps just for Adelaide's climate? That's a really good question, and I guess it depends on what the interests of the gardeners are. We at Green Adelaide uh, think all plants are great. We want to increase biodiversity, and we want to increase plants of all different types and levels and structures, and so from ground covers and grasses through to sedges and bushes and shrubs up to big trees. We know that diversity of plants create habitat for our native animals, so a big part of Green Adelaide's um, mission is around increasing biodiversity. So we want to create habitats, whether that's in our backyards, our verges, or whether we are part of regeneration projects. But actually what plant to plant, um, I don't think there's any one answer to that. I'm an avid food gardener. So for me personally, at the moment, I'm planting my broccolis and my cauliflowers, carrots and beetroots. Um, all of my Asian greens. Autumn is a wonderful time to get outside. As we know, the, the weather is mm. um, very conducive to gardening. Um, it's a great time to get our hands dirty and to start planting. So, yeah, I don't think I want to give any sort of specifics, but <laughs> we do... Um, 
we, we do want to support community to plant natives as much as possible. Yeah. So while all plants are good and we don't only, we don't need to only plant natives, native plants are a really important and essential part of our landscape. So as much as possible, we want to support community to think about what native plants they can get into their gardens, which might attract and support native butterflies right. and other pollinators okay. yep. and our birds and our lizards and our microbats. So. We have a lot of guides on our website and we encourage people to jump online. Mm. We have one in particular that we would like people to kind of know about and potentially seek out, which is called Adelaide Garden Planting Guide. Um, these can be found on our website by going to greenadelaide.com. Um, .sa.gov.au <laughs> Thank you very much there, Christy. Yeah, just Google, Monday morning. Just yeah. Google us, you'll find yeah. us. Yeah. Um, and if you go to Discover yeah. and then Planting Tips, we've got a whole webpage full of uh, different blogs and resources that we've put together that cover from food gardening to native gardening to attracting butterflies. And you'll find this Green Adelaide Planting Guide, which goes through and identifies plants that are actually pest plants yeah. that are really common in our backyards and, and areas, um, the things not to plant, and then what you might plant instead. Right. So it's full of lots of wonderful natives, native to this region. So yeah. when we think of native plants, people sometimes just think are oh, native to Australia, mm. but it's really important to plant the plants that were here before we removed them. So plants endemic to the greater Adelaide region, or so, even more specifically to whether you're in the hills or by yeah. the coast, there's different plant communities. Okay. So what are a few examples? of that just off the top of your head plants that are endemic to uh south australia yeah. or adelaide yeah the, yeah the few that i always direct people to if they're quite new because they're quite easy to grow are the salt bush which okay. is a beautiful silvery gray plant that goes in well with some of your other types of plants and then one of my all-time favorite natives is the hardenbergia or the native lilac right. which is a beautiful climber um, a lot of local governments are now planting this one around the place so really dark rich green leaves nice. with beautiful purple flowers because um i know a lot of people love the flowers yeah, the color. Um, yeah so color. you can you can do you can actually um use a lot of our native plants to do your formal more formal type gardens yeah. or cottage gardens and in that guide that nat was talking about there's some really good little designs yeah. to help you actually design up your right. spaces particularly for those people that have moved into new developments and okay. might have a bit of a blank slate but anyone can um um, put in a few more natives um, and just yeah to let the listeners be aware as well a lot of your local governments will be um, offering free native plants or subsidized plant packs coming into autumn as right. well so they should be advertising those really soon through their social media okay um, and you can get a pack of six plants and um, give it a go away. fantastic it a go. so all right questions for uh, christy spear and nat giftney from green adelaide feel free eight double two three double oh double oh the number. Why is autumn the best time to plant a garden in Adelaide, Christine? Yes, well, I think Nat alluded to a few of those yeah. things about how it's great to get out in yeah. um, autumn, but particularly going back to our, our native endemic plants, mm. this is a really ideal time to get them in, um, in the soil because we'll be getting the usual rains yep. um, through winter as well. So um, so then you don't have to do so much watering and they will actually get established before we hit the hot summer months. Okay. Um, and natives are really designed to um, adapt 
well in any soil as well. So, but they do need that good soak um, right. over that first season as well. Um, but it's also a good time to get your soil um, up and active as well. Um, and yeah, and it's an easier time to get into the garden as well because you yourself might not boil and keel over. So <laughs> there's more it's... options, yeah, around that as well. What about people with small backyards, courtyard homes, all the rest, apartment living these days? I mean, we hear about green walls, for instance, where you can plant vertically. But what are some of the options to to get people, you know, maybe just with a courtyard and it's only that a courtyard, not even a scrap of soil? Yeah, that's right. So the green, yeah, the green walls are a really great example. Um, we've got a video actually on our website where we worked with the, um, the Adelaide Zoo and they've actually got a demonstration green wall right. um, that you can go and have a look at if you're in there um, anytime soon. But that goes through the steps to setting one up. Um, and the, particularly with wall, green walls, though, you do need to be really careful about the water yes. that goes in because they can dry out quite quickly. So um, as with anything that you grow, whether it be children or plants, or animals, you have to maintain them. You have to water them, feed them, give them the right light. So it's really important to think about where you're going to put your green wall in your courtyard, um, what what kind of sun it's going to get during the day. Um, And the same goes for um, plants in pots, trees in pots. You know, that's a really great way of... um, putting a garden in a place where you've got cement, but again, really thinking through the watering to those. Being able to move them around as well is another hassle, I think, for a lot of people. So putting things on wheels and being able to be adaptable um, in your garden as well. And people can do a lot on their windowsills and from inside their houses as well. And we know that even just looking at a plant um, indoors gives people a lot of health benefits. Yes. Um, and there's plants that do help to purify your air and that type of thing. You do have to plant a fair few of them, though. <laughs> um, so there's there's a lot out on that. But, well, yeah, we've got um, on our website five plants that you can try for indoors that okay. you might not have as well. So all right. plenty of options for people in all those different um, places in their lives. Indeed. Related to that, Nat, people who are completely new, to gardening mm-hmm. what tips have you got what what's the first step well i guess um going back to what i said before it depends on what your interests yeah. are if you're new to gardening food and you want to start as i said that's an area of yeah. interest of mine we always encourage people to choose something and it might seem really obvious but choose mm. what you want to eat you know and choose something that you are going to use a lot of um and if you and ideally, choose something where you can pick at it from regular, you know, there's some things where you have to spend months and months growing it and you chop it once and you have to eat it all like a broccoli head mm. and it's delicious and broccoli is my favourite food. But it's a lot of work to get that one broccoli head. Whereas if you grow something like chives or spring onions or silver beet or kale or basil or thyme or oregano or these things that you constantly can pick at almost daily, you get a lot more reward from that. Yeah. So I think when starting out and people maybe don't realise how much time and effort there is in in growing some of our own food is highly worth it and i and i absolutely recommend it Mm. um choosing something that you'll get a lot of um, return from is a really great place to start but we you know whether whether you're growing natives or growing foods or growing other introduced um, beautiful plants um learning about preparing your soil is probably the the first thing to do if you have some kind of hard compacted clay soil and you and you want to plant something regardless of what it is it's going to kind of struggle so we do need to learn a little bit about plants and a little bit about soil and Mm. and prepare our soil so it it doesn't have to be too hard um, but most soil will benefit from adding some organic matter whether that's some compost we've picked up from the local garden center or even more ideally some compost we might have made ourselves from our garden scraps and kitchen 
scraps, um, preparing our soil, giving our soil some love, making sure it's nice and moist, um, getting some air into it, getting getting a fork and kind of, you know, yeah. and, and, and getting stuck into Aerating it a little bit it. and yeah. preparing the soil is a really important thing to mm. do. So thinking about what's going to bring you joy, what's going to help create habitat, what might help cool our home. There's so many different things our gardens can do for us. We, we, um, we believe that they are... Um, capable of yeah all of those things creating mm. habitat cooling our homes contributing to the environment bringing ourselves joy and and creating a local food source yeah, yeah. so we've got lots of um resources around habitat gardening whether that's creating frog friendly gardens yep. or butterfly friendly gardens so i think it's about thinking what would bring you the most joy yeah. um and then planning yeah you know, it's really important to have a bit of a plan and a design um there's some fabulous native um nurseries that we highly you know recommend people go and just have a chat whether that's state floor at the belair national park is a wonderful example of highly um supportive um staff who will be able to help you pick which native plants will be right, right for your garden whether that's some ground covers over here and some grasses and sedges so taking here, photos and whatever yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. and just and just thinking about as i said what's going to bring you joy mm, indeed um deb has called in from willunga with a question for you all both <laughs> deb hello Hi, hi. Um, I've got these pumpkins again that are like the day of the trippers. They're trying to get into the doggy door. They're trying to climb up over the rainwater tank. They've got yellow flowers on them, but mm-hmm. there's no pumpkins. This mm. happened last year as well. Beautiful big green leaves, mm. but it's getting scary. I think they're going to try and take over the house. <laughs> I did hear that you can somehow artificially inseminate a pumpkin, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure about how to make that happen. Handles, romantic music. So pumpkins are part of, uh, or a type of plant where there is a male flower and a female flower. And it's potential that you have all male flowers and don't have any female flowers. The, The male flowers have a really thin stem. And the female flowers, you can tell and almost see that kind of very, very, very early stages of the pumpkin, um, where it's going to develop into the bulbous kind of form of the pumpkin. So the way people artificially inseminate them is they get a little paintbrush and they go and tickle that on the end of the the male flower and then tickle it on the end of the female flower. But if you don't have any female flowers, you kind of, there's not much you can do. Mm. But it sounds like um, you have a similar problem to a lot of people where they maybe plant more pumpkins than what they really we don't need too many pumpkin plants each one or two plants is going to provide a lot of pumpkins which are wonderful because we can sell them and keep them all year round and almost have pumpkin almost throughout 12 months of the year do they we, last do they yeah they yeah. can if we sell them so keeping yeah, right. them in a nice cool um place that's one of the beautiful things about pumpkins we can yeah keep them for a long time um we don't need too many, but it sounds like uh, you've what you've got. Uh, the only thing I'd recommend is thinking about what can we put there for them to climb up. Whether that's old ladders mm. that we can guide them up and away mm. from that doggy door, <laughs> or up fences, or tying them up structures, and, and just hoping and waiting patiently to see if your female flowers come along. They usually do. Christy, I'm not sure if you know what might cause. A, I'm not familiar with what might cause a pumpkin to not have any to female, not have flowers. female flowers. No, but no, potentially too much nitrogen. Mm. One of the the challenges. Um, that some food gardeners will, will face is that they get very happy and excited and want to feed their plants lots of food and what we can have then is lots of growth and no fruit. So that can happen with our tomato plants and it's not yeah. too bad with our leafy greens. It doesn't matter if they grow a lot because they're not a fruiting plant. But for things like pumpkins and tomatoes and things that pr- produce a fruit, too much nitrogen is not a good thing. So mm. that, do you, is that potential? Do you think you maybe have fed too much food or there was too much manure or something high in nitrogen when you it planted those been, things? Yeah, it might have been. I did an organic 
compost um, in there, but uh, I'm thinking now I just need a paintbrush and a Michael Bublé CD. <laughs> yeah. or, or a fairy god person with your pumpkin. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Would it hurt to cut back this massive growth? Is no, that going to... Not at all, yeah. Cut it oh, back to what God. you're comfortable to have and, <laughs> and the plant would then just put energy into the um, into the, the fruits, the fruits mm. and the growth that's left, yeah. Great. Good Thank luck, Deb. Thank you. <laughs> we will take a break. If you've got a question for um, for Nat or Christy, who are here from Green Adelaide, 8223 0000, the number. We'll be back after these words. Join Jade Rodron in the studio every afternoon with 5AA's live video stream. Thanks to Foodland. With more stores close to home and everyday low prices, great food lives at Foodland, the mighty South Aussies. Hey, champ, great game. Hey, did you see my goal? It's my first one. Sorry, love. I left my glasses at home. Oh, it's okay, Mum. Give yourself the gift of great vision at Laser Vision SA. Smile Pro is the latest technology available at Laser Vision SA. Faster, silent and even more comfortable. Only at Laser Vision SA. Start seeing your world clearly without glasses or contacts. Visit laservisionsa.com.au Pick your favourite Kia. From the award-winning Kia Sportage to the street-cred-delivering Kia Seltos or Kia's most powerful car ever, the all-electric EV6 GT. Book a test drive today to find your chosen one. Find out more at kia.com.au or drop into your nearest Kia dealer. Kia, movement that inspires. Lidham's Dental says many people lose a lot of confidence in themselves from having damaged or rotten teeth, which results in an unattractive smile. Lidham's Dental's Teeth in a Day transforms smiles and lives. It's a state-of-the-art technology, advanced process, in fact, that provides patients with a new set of teeth with just a single visit to the practice. If you'd like to learn more, be listening to our 5AA Interactive Lounge tomorrow with Jade Robran. Lidham's dental representatives will be on the air and taking your calls off the air. Fantastic. So their Teeth in a Day program can bring your smile back. How good is that? Imagine that, a new smile, a new you in just 24 hours. Catch the Lidham's Dental Interactive Lounge tomorrow with Jade or visit Lidham's Dental. When you've been around for over a century, you know a thing or two. And Business SA and Ray White have almost 300 years between them. So when an alliance is formed between Business SA and Ray White Business Sales SA, they're bringing all their experience to your business. Making sure it's in top shape, whether you're buying, selling or somewhere in between. Get in touch with the experts, Business SA and Ray White Business Sales SA on 8300 0000. That's 8300 0000. You can't go past the IGA Big Deal Sale for great specials right across the store. Like Coca-Cola, Sprite, Fanta or Mount Franklin Lightly Sparkling Water, 1.25 litre selected varieties, 177 each. Now at your local IGA. Offerings March 7, participating stores only, excludes Foodland. Moving into a retirement village can be a big adjustment and buying a unit can be prohibitive. So here's an alternative. Renting. At Riverbank Village in the heart of Mount Barker, they offer quality rental accommodation for seniors. That's right, rental accommodation. No entry or exit fees and no hidden costs. Just one fortnightly payment, which includes three meals daily, weekly linen service, refers cycle aircon and social club. Secure, safe, friendly and close to shops. To find out more, go to riverbankvillage.com.au or call 8391 0449. Matthew Pantelis on 5AA Mornings.
the studio from uh, Green Adelaide, Christy Spear and Nat Githney, and uh, some texts coming in, ladies, on uh, from people listening. Where can we get the green guide that you mentioned earlier, Nat? Where's that available? So the Adelaide Gardens are planting guide. We have two of them. There's one for the Greater Adelaide region and one for the coastal region. Uh, they're both available on the Green Adelaide website. So Google Green Adelaide. At the top, you'll see a little button called Discover, and then from there gardening tips and on that page there's all sorts of resources and blogs that cover a lot of the things we've talked about from habitat gardening and creating wildlife friendly gardens through to the planting guide which really talks about what are the pest Mm -hmm. plants but what are some native plants that will be better for your garden Um, as christy said before and native plants are suited to our environment they use less water they support native animals so they're really a win-win-win so natives are wonderful they're beautiful and they can suit every garden style all right Uh, another question We have beehives, says Roz. What plants do the girls suggest for them? Well, we would generally say that uh, whether they're bees or any any animals that likes pollen and nectar, to have a a garden that's supportive of all of these wonderful insects, including all our native blue-banded bees and all of the other native bees, um, is to plant a variety of plants that flower at different times throughout the year. So that's taking mm. note, and we have that information in our garden, gardening, garden guide um, of when plants are flowering. So as long as you've got things that are planting at all different times, uh, they will be happy. But we know that bees love everything from blue gum to we just look at the different um, uh, types of honey that we have. We have blue gum honey yeah, and yeah. red gum honey. So they Bees love all the all the plants, all the flowers. Whether okay. if there's nectar, whether it's your carrot flowers that have gone to seed or coriander yeah, it can be flowers, edible as yeah, well. All of these flowers can support our native pollinators. Were any research done on whether bees need romantic music, such <laughs> as with the pumpkins? <laughs> <laughs> no? no, they definitely don't. I mean, um, native bees definitely, um, there's been quite a few projects and probably along the Torrens River people would have noticed that there was quite a few bee hotels that yeah, were built yeah. um, uh, with uh, Sophie Thompson um, yep. a couple of years ago. Um, so we do we are trying to bring back some habitat for bees and they also, um, the key message around that is they also need their um, bee restaurants as well. So mm. they need all those flowering plants. But um, no evidence around the music. But okay. I think, you know, like all of us, music doesn't hurt. Oh, yeah, indeed. Uh, and here's a question from uh, someone I've texted before on this subject uh, regarding kilometres of medium strips around Adelaide devoid of trees or any plants such as, an example, Grand Junction Road. I don't understand why councils are reluctant, but we're asked to step up on greening. Yes, you've um, yeah, you've hit the complex greening um, nail on the head um, there, um, whoever that was. Yep. And, anonymous. Um, the, yeah, anonymous. The um, as I mentioned before, we are working on an urban greening strategy with all those different players across state government, local government and individuals as well. So it's not to discount that what you can do in your backyard is important, but just know that there are people working on embedding that kind of decision making around getting plants into those infrastructures. That is happening um, and there are lots of complications in that public space. There's lots of electricity and a whole range of infrastructure structure that people have to work around so um if you'd like to find out more um you know 
come and talk to us and be a part of these urban greening strategy conversations that are starting to kick off and there will be public consultation around that but um yeah if you care there's lots of different ways that you can get mm. involved and support and advocate to your local council mm. and to your state government um so that they know that you care and want to support um, yeah. these initiatives as well is there a green adelaide office where people can come in and pick up the uh no there's not a um, we yeah we the, we we have a little bit of a face um down the bottom of um, 81 to 95 Weymouth Street. Okay. Um, but I would direct people in the community to head along to one of our local environment centres. So we've got the Adelaide Sustainability Centre um, on 111 Franklin Street um, in the joinery for those that are in the CBD. Um, we've got the Port Environment Centre, which is out um, in Port Adelaide. Yep. Um, and then there's actually seven other centres um, all around the kind of extended region of Green Adelaide. So down okay. in Mulunga, up in the hills. So wherever you are um, check out the environment centres. We've got a full list of them uh, on our website. All as right, well. fantastic. And the website address, maybe we just finish with that uh, for people who want to go get more information. Sure, it's greenadelaide.sa.gov.au. All right, there it is. Uh, thank you both, Christy Spear and uh, Nat Giftney, for your time today. Part of a state of our state, autumn, a great time for gardening, and lots of information there. Just Google Green Adelaide and uh, and you'll find the the link. That is it for me. Thank you for your company this morning. Thank you.